Welcome to The Hoodoo Factory, a game show and discussion podcast about the 90s NBC sitcom classic, News Radio. We will be drafting News Radio episodes into units with a common theme. In part A of the podcast, we will host a game show based on our drafted episodes. The contestants will compete for ABSA points in hopes of being declared the ABSA winner. In part B of the podcast, we will discuss the episode in greater detail. We are three dorks who prefer the term news radiologists who decided to use Twitter and podcasting for good instead of pure evil. Welcome back to the Hoodoo Factory. We hope you enjoyed part A where we declared Thaddeus the winner of the ABSA for Excellence in this podcast. Now we are back for part B, where we will discuss this episode in further detail. I'm Tom, and I'm here with Thaddeus and Lauren discussing Daydream, the third episode in our Everything Everywhere All at WNYX unit. We're going to start part B by roughly following the categories from part A's ABSA Fever Round. Everyone will get to share what other items they had on their list, and I, as host, will get a chance to share my favorites from the episode as well. So let's start with favorite scenes. Um, Thad, any other favorite scenes that you had that we didn't cover already? Yeah, you know, I I think we touched on a bunch, so I I hope that I'm not really just jumping back on something we've already covered. But um, I really liked uh, Matthew's fantasy about Bill and Catherine because it was set up by all the Bill kissing scenes coming early. Right. That it was so unexpected that Matthew's the one to get yelled at. Like it just bam, you know. So maybe that should have been in, in favorite gags, but that scene overall just would you see would you see Bill and Catherine? Like you're just like, here we go again. No. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew got disturbed. What? <laughs> Yo, can't you see you love each other? You know, which is also kind of a good line. So um, yeah, so that was one of my favorite scenes. Very good. Um, Lauren, what's another scene that you uh we haven't mentioned? I really liked Catherine's daydream scene. Um, yeah. I know we mentioned that, like, when we were talking about, like, the the best scenes in the Marty Party round. But um, yeah. it feels like a little bit of meta humor, you know? Like, the writers are pointing out the, their own shortcomings in a way. Like, this is not the most diverse cast, and they are aware of it. But they also get a nice little jab at Friends in the end, at the end of the scene. <laughs> which is a show, a show that was known for depicting New York City as basically being entirely populated with white people. So... Right. so like a little bit of both. Like, yeah, we're not that great, but also these guys aren't really doing any. <laughs> They're any, worse. Any <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, that's good. That was that was my next one. Um, let's see. Um, I I personally like the uh, the closing scene with Dave and and Jimmy talking about um, you know screw the small judo man and then jimmy <laughs> with his daydream of jumping out the window and then coming back and not because it it was six thousand thirty. so ten ten dollars makes all the difference <laughs> so um dad any other ones um i did like the the bill and jeanette fantasy uh in the lobby um but it's also that thing of like you know dreaming her name before he meets her right you know like it has that twist of like what is going on is something happening like there's there's a little bit extra where you i'm not sure if i want him to catch her 
Especially after she's like, what's your name? She's like, Jeanette. Uh, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know if I want her to, him to catch up with her and talk to her or if it's better that he didn't. But anytime, you know, like you dream somebody's name, I'm like, well, what is this? What happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very true. It does add to the surreal feel of the episode, yeah. you know? <laughs> very good. Um, Lauren, any other scenes you'd like to highlight? I really like Bill's daydream with Beth. I think oh, it's yeah. funny that he yeah. came up with a daydream in which she was annoying him. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's fantasizing about wooing her, but in his own fantasy, she's obnoxiously dumb, and it's killing the mood. <laughs> like, this came from your brain, man. <laughs> and the, the the payoff of that scene with, with Beth's response to... Um, my sweet is just great. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the snapbacks are a really good part of this, you know. Oh, yeah. Going back Absolutely. to reality. Yeah. Um, all right. Any other ones that you want to shout out? Uh, I just, I like the St. Elsewhere ending. You know, I, yeah. I like that. It was a great way, I think, to end that episode. So, just very cool. Yeah. And especially at that time, I think, like, everybody knew. Yeah. You know, if, if somebody was watching it today, they probably wouldn't know because. Yeah. Yeah. No. But. Yeah. Very good. Any other ones, Lauren? No, I, I think, think might have been covered. Yeah. I think we've all covered pretty much everyone. Um, okay. Moving on. Um, favorite quotes. Lauren, uh, what's, what's another favorite quote that we have not covered so far? Um, I really like get your own soda. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not quite as good as get your own damn soda, which we get in a different episode. But it's, you know, it's like they use this idea over and over again. But it's like, I think it's usable. Like when someone's asking mm. you to get them something, mm-hmm. I would still like to use soda. I wouldn't even pr- paraphrase it. <laughs> like someone's like, can you pick up my prints off the copier? I want to be like, get your own soda. <laughs> I'm be like, what? <laughs> Did she think I asked for a soda? <laughs> confusion factor. <laughs> the confusion factor, but also just like, yeah, like, no, don't, don't ask me to do your errands for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, that. Any other quotes? Uh, yeah, I, I, you actually just kind of said it, but screw the small judo man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Like, again, Dave's about to wheel it out. We're about to find out if it's going to have any effect on Jimmy. And she just cuts down to the heart of it. Screw the small judo man. Just completely batters the entire thing to the side and, and moves forward. So, um, I it's like also a completely different approach than what Lisa was trying. You yeah. know, she was trying to like top his right. um, analogy or whatever the whole time. All she had to do was just scream at him. <laughs> <laughs> she would have won that argument. <laughs> And th- and then they probably would have hooked up, you know, because she probably. Been mad. <laughs> um, well, for me, I I just touched on this before, but it, Beth's uh, just her delivery with uh, my sweet, okay, <laughs> that, that delivery of okay, just great face the whole bit. I. Like it's not much of a line, but she she really did something with it, so <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, Lauren, what's another one? 
Um, right before Matthew's glorious pratfall, I really like his line as he's sliding away. Why do you do this to me, Dave? (laughs) It almost implies that they've been in this identical situation before, which like, obviously they haven't been. (laughs) Was he wearing roller skates or something? (laughs) (laughs) He just like crosses his arms as he says it. Like he's resigned himself like this is what's happening. (laughs) come to peace with it (laughs) that uh what's another quote um i really liked bill's response of winning the lottery when asking what he was like daydreaming about (laughs) you know like i think it's semi-usable but just like oh well you're just out of it man yeah uh, dream winning the lottery winning the lottery um not a bad recovery again yeah well again in in the context of the show like it's so funny when he says it for lisa and then mm. funny again when he says it for Bath and yeah. she, like, kind of expect it with Catherine, but no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, um, I liked, right. And Gandhi was just a lazy little goofball who yeah. slept 18 hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> From Bill. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, what's another one? I like, yeah, he's probably rewired it so it's getting the Playboy channel by now. <laughs> um, you know, and probably probably true, probably true to character. That was probably the first thing Joe worked on. Once he got that squared away, then he started trying to fix the, the functionality of the thermostat. <laughs> Very good. All right, Dad, what's another quote? Uh, I really just kind of had those two. I think we've kind of okay. had the other ones on my list. Okay. Um, I had a few more. Let's see. Um, yeah, Beth's. For years, I was convinced a house was going to drop on me, and and a farm girl was going to take my flashy <laughs> shoes. <laughs> a farm girl. That's the best yeah. part. Some farm girl. <laughs> my flashy red shoes. <laughs> Lauren, any other ones? Uh, one last one, and it's really just the delivery, not the line. But we've, I think we've all quoted it already. Is Dave, I'm so hot. <laughs> it's like the hot. desperation in her voice. Yeah. I, I think we've all felt that before. <laughs> That's great. Um, let's see. I I do like uh, love is indeed a heady elixir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's just so, yeah. so stylized. Like, what is this, out of a romance novel? Completely. Music <laughs> and everything. Daydream. Yeah, it's great. Um, so that's that's basically it there. Oh, one more, and and only because of the reading of it, and it's it's very simple. But when Howie brings up that he had now has seven cats, <laughs> Bill is like seven. <laughs> so exciting, <laughs> and you can really hear because everybody's kind of talking, but like you can really hear that one. Oh, that <laughs> that's true. You know, what? I I do like the line "hot enough to fry an egg." Like it's. <laughs> It's just, uh, I don't know, just the way he says it, the way he's kind of hoping for that response. Like, oh, yeah. that it's a good great. thing to say on a hot day, especially if it's some people you're not quite sure of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we move on to the next category, we're going to learn some fun facts about things mentioned in this episode in this segment we call Half Truths and Gorilla Dust with yours truly. Let's see. Couple um couple guest star alerts. We've got uh Charles Stevenson as Howie, who we've all, we've talked about. Um 
how great he was. Um, if you get a chance, check out the interview that Jason does with him, Jason and, and Alan do with him on Dispatches from Fort Awesome. He's very charming. Um, still working or fairly recently. I think the last uh, credit he had on IMDb was Will and Grace in 2020. So fairly recent. Um, but good for him. Um, also, this is maybe my favorite fast fact of the, of the episode. Uh, in the Catherine daydream sequence she sits down with george who is played by lance nichols now lance nichols would later go on to play candy alexander's husband on the show treme um, oh okay which was very cool like they, nice. they, they they came back together um let's see in foam bones follies uh after it said fdr more like fd aren't uh <laughs> the, the lady says oh phone bones you're such a maroon Yep. Now, the only other place I'd ever heard that before was Bugs Bunny would call like, oh, what a maroon. He would say like usually about like uh, Elmer Fudd or the Martian. So I looked it up. I was like, you know, is that actually a word? I always thought he was just playing around with the word moron. Turns out yeah. it's not. Actually, maroon um, was a 17th century term for a person who escaped slavery in the West Indies. That was a term they used. Later, pirates would take this term and use it to talk to describe somebody that they would leave on a deserted island, and that's where we get that term. Oh yeah, hmm. crazy. Um, anyhow, so <laughs> Jimmy has the joke about um, how he's gonna, you know, the, one of his daydreams he's gonna go out the window because the Dow Jones is at six thousand twenty instead of six thousand thirty, which is okay. Actually, the Dow Jones on November thirteenth, nineteen ninety six, when this episode was aired, it was six thousand two hundred sixty six, so it was a bit higher. And this was a record, it was it had set a record for the fifth day in a row. The market was absolutely booming. I'm not sure what challenging economic conditions they were referring to but the market was doing great at that time um this was like the first time it was ever over six thousand um it, today or a friday the last time the dow was open it was at 33,826. so uh it has gone up five times that by by now um so in this episode we've got a lot of movies referenced we have the wizard of oz the 1939 judy garland classic uh We've got Aliens, 1986, by James Cameron. Um, the Alien franchise would comprise six films that uh, started in 1979. We've got the Halloween movies. Those started in 1978, and they just ended in 2022. That comprised 13 films. So um, we've got Friday the 13th. Uh, eight films in all, starting in 1980, going to 2009. Eight films alone in the 80s. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Um, busy. It, yeah, there. Uh, let's see. We've also got Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm not sure exactly how many films are in that, but we did get the crossover between Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Jason versus Freddy. That was not too long ago. Um, also reference the Child's Play movies, uh, eight movies in that franchise um, from 1988 till the most recent one in 2019. Wow! And finally, not a not a movie, but we do get um, the snow globe sequence, which was from the scene elsewhere finale, where uh, in the final scene of of the show, it 
it appears that the the show is being seen through the eyes of, of a boy uh, uh, who's autistic looking through a snow globe. Um, St. Elsewhere was a drama on NBC. Um, it was a medical drama. Uh, it ran from 1982 till the finale on May 25th, 1988. So, any thoughts on those movies? Did you guys see any of those? Uh, <laughs> any, I, I, I've probably, the, the ones that are the big franchises, I've probably seen like one or maybe two from mm. each and then i quickly realized like i i can't take it these i am not built for these <laughs> yeah. i'm not built for horror movies <laughs> yeah i saw aliens um you know most of the horror ones like, I, I think i dipped my toe in was like mm, not necessarily for me like I, I think i like comedies a little bit more um yeah so movie wise that was that yeah i i seen the wizard of oz um, oh, yeah. Also, also like about that kind of scared me as a kid, but I got over it and oh, yeah. watched it synced up with Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> late teens, early twenties. Um, I'm sure they have a YouTube of that, so you don't have to really work at it because no. you had to hit the hit the DVD or VCR at the same time as a CD player and get it just right. Yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> it's yeah. tough. Yeah, whoever figured that out should have been working on the space program. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm also not like a horror one. I I think I've seen the Aliens, a couple of them, and and maybe maybe a Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe Halloween, but that's about it. Yeah, so. and um, I didn't watch Saint Elsewhere either, but like that was I think that was more yeah. was it more of a soap opera or was it a prime time drama? I don't remember. It was a prime. It was a prime time drama. Okay. Yeah. 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 All I know is like uh, you know I think Denzel was on. It. I think there's a bunch of, kind he, of like big yes, name yes, yes. He was yeah. on it. Um. Yeah. There was there was a decent squad of people on that one um when they're younger i don't have all the names but yes i did notice that denzel washington was on that um it was among his first tv credits before he really got fully into movies um so anyway i hope you enjoyed those half truths and especially that gorilla dust um let's move on uh to some of our favorite gags uh lauren um, any other gags that you'd like to shout out? Um, I know I called out the line already, but I really like the gag, the running gag of I'm working on it. <laughs> you <great>. know, <laughs> it's great. It was very yeah. funny to me. And I, I like that it implies that Joe has some sort of superhuman hearing or something. Cause he's, he's nowhere nearby most of the time <laughs> when they're talking about like Joe's, you know, Joe's trying to fix it. I'm working on it. No, um, yeah. That was actually one of my enigmas. Like, what is the deal with Joe's hearing? He's got the ears of a fruit bat. <laughs> but it's fun because it keeps him involved in the episode. Yeah. Um, like, you can't have him at the conference table scenes and still have the plot make sense. Because it would be like, well, why is he here at this meeting? He should be off fixing the thing. But if you're just supposed to, if he's just not there and the audience is supposed to fill in the blank that he's, oh, he's not there because he's off fixing it, that's not as funny. You right. know, so to have him just chime in over and over with, I'm, well, I'm working, working on it, <laughs> it's really great. And it also gives them an excuse for him to come in and do a, like a thing that they need him to do, which is for the Lisa mm. um, daydream of getting hoisted up. Like yep. he has to come in from the other room so he, he and Bill oh. can lift her up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Um, that any other gags or bits that you'd like to? Uh, I love that the spinning newspaper headlines for Lisa, um, <laughs> those are great. Which read, 
Lisa Miller Zing's boss, Dave Nelson, rendered speechless. <laughs> the second one was Dave Nelson cries, semicolon, wo- like woman or baby. <laughs> and then the last one is the new queen of wit, still no comeback from Dave Nelson. <laughs> so... I, yeah, like like not only getting the spinning newspaper, which I just kind of love in general when it, when it comes to movies and TV shows, but then getting those great headlines I thought was just wonderful. <laughs> I think Very that good. it makes the the daydream it makes the daydream make sense for her too because she wins arguments with Dave all the time. Like why would that be her fantasy? <laughs> it's the getting the recognition that she that's wants. True. Like yeah. that's the thing that she doesn't get all the time that she really wants. Right. <laughs> I I liked the fact that in Catherine's daydream, when she snaps back, they send in the, the whitest person, Joe Fury, who is like he's like as white as Jim Gaffigan. It's just it's pretty outstanding um, that he would go in there and then talk about friends, you know. <laughs> um, Dad, any other ones? Um, I'm trying. To, uh, okay, so I like like Bill. Having uh, the sex daydreams, because those are like the best kind, you know, and he has four. Like, there's an argument that he has the best day, because all he does is daydream about making out with beautiful women. Right. You know, so I, I thought that his his daydreams in particular, with the corny over-the-top music and the corny over-the-top dialogue, <laughs> like, uh, I, I thought his in particular were really funny and really kind of like changed the pace of the episode enough to keep it light. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Lauren, any other ones? Um, I like Dave trying to use complicated language and like big college words only to get down to the brass tacks that their ratings suck. <laughs> like, he does it a couple times. Like he goes, due to the idiosyncrasies in the current economic climate and the increased competition for a shrinking listener pool, our ratings suck. <laughs> and then later at the conference table, he says, we all find it odious in the extreme to be pandering to the lowest common denominator, but the fact remains, our ratings suck. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a really nice gag and yeah. the fact that they they did it twice just sort of like um put the little zinger on it it was good <laughs> that is good that was very good um I'm out so that any more from you uh, I I did like Dave using the win ten thousand dollars comment to get everybody's attention that's what snaps <laughs> everybody back in line he's like you know, I'm Suddenly not saying that listening. but let's pretend yeah. that I am <laughs> uh, I thought that was kind of a clever little boss move right there sure <laughs> Uh, Lauren, any other ones? Um, really, my last one was just the St. Elsewhere gag at the end of the episode, just because it added so much to the surreal aspect of the sure. episode. Like, yeah. the whole time, every time you're in a scene, you're trying to figure out what's real and what's not, and, like, whose daydream is this? And then you get to the end, and you think, like, it's over, and then the implication is that maybe the entire series is a <laughs> fantasy in the mind of Jimmy James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it would explain his billions, right? (laughs) (laughs) Just radio and whatever, whatever else he's got wouldn't seem to explain it, but we'll see. Um, Okay, Um, moving on. Favorite aspects or background catches, Um, Lauren? What's one of your favorite background catches? 
Um, this was more just like a nice detail, but I like in um, Joe's fantasy where everyone brings him a soda. I like the way everyone kind of opens the soda cans in unison, you know, and you get that little yeah. hiss noise. Um, they didn't even have to open the cans at all, and it still would have been a funny joke, but um, it added this nice touch that all the cans just kind of opening at once. That was a nice <laughs> adequate touch, I thought. Yeah, very good. Okay. Um, that... Uh, I I noticed that during Bill's daydream with Lisa, it basically starts when she mentions the bikini beach party. It's like, she's <laughs> like, you would probably like that. And then he's up out of his chair and we're going. So it's like, once I noticed that, like the first time, I just, it's just funny to me because it's like those words, bam, put them right into that state and we're off into the daydream. Uh, so I thought that was kind of a, a, a funny little timing thing. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I didn't notice that. It's weird. Um, I noticed that the ice bucket from Arcade is back yes. uh, right by, by Beth's desk. I noticed that, that too. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's good to see that back and, and have a little more clear shot of it this time. Mm-hmm. So, nice. Um, Lauren, what's another detail or background catch? Um, well, since you just stole my ice bucket one, let's uh, see. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Point for the host. Um, I just, I just kind of noticed that the extras throughout this episode seem very overdressed for the supposed heat mm. in the office. You know, like for yes. the main cast, the men have their sleeves rolled up, jackets off, Lisa's in a t-shirt. You mentioned like Beth is slowly getting more and mm. more undressed. Joe is eventually working in a tank top, but um, the wardrobe of the extras in the background sort of um, it doesn't demonstrate mm. that they're trying to cool down at all. You right. know. Um, there's like you know most of the men they have their sleeves not rolled up um there's a woman wearing a blazer and i'm just like oh like once you once you sort of get into it and you sort of set your mind like okay it's very hot where they are and then you see all these people walking around you're like man they they just look so sweaty to me (laughs) (laughs) and i I know on set it was probably actually very cold but (laughs) it just like seemed like an overlooked background detail (laughs) very good um dad any other ones yeah uh it was a different meeting table right did you guys notice i think so yeah it had like a ball at the yeah the round part at the top and two i kind of think it was the same meeting table it just wasn't covered in crap (laughs) i'm gonna have to i yeah i have a question about the table in my enigmas but um i I want to pay attention because it does have that weird shape. I mean, right. the, they they have an oddly shaped table so that they could get everyone in the shot, you know, where mm, it's like right. wider, closer to the camera and narrow, you know, where mm. Dave usually sits. Right. I think it's the same table. We just don't usually see that much of the surface of the table. Uh, I don't know. I, like, it's something to watch because I felt like this table has uh, changes in the color of the grain of the wood. And the table, I kind of, you know, maybe it's covered up, but I don't see it. But I, I always <laughs> felt like it was consistent. Like, I didn't notice any changes in the in the grain color before. So uh, this mm, may be one of the different tables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they definitely do use different tables. That yeah. is that is for sure that there are different tables. It's just how, how quickly do they go through them? That's, you know, if it's season by season or if it's, you know, episode by episode. Um, but yeah. Maybe, uh, Maybe there's a table emporium. <laughs> you in the mood to bargain? Absolutely. 
Um, okay, so in Catherine's daydream, the last guy that comes in is the same guy that spills the spaghetti on Bill's desk. I'm pretty sure that's that guy. Okay. He's, he's 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 been an extra several times, but like this is this is two seasons later, so very interesting. Uh, he must be like either a writer or part of the production crew or something like that. Yeah, one of those goofballs yeah. in ad sales. <laughs> exactly. exactly. All right, uh, Lauren. Any other ones? That's all I got. Okay. That. Uh, two real quick. Uh, sure. one. During the alien sequence, Joe uses the term meters as measurement, which is a dead giveaway that it's a dream. <laughs> American Joe is not using meters when he's describing the distance of things. Uh, I just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, quickie, um, but I like you. And the other one, I, I don't think we pointed out explicitly, but like Beth is the only one who has nightmares. You're like everybody else kind of has like a, a work related or average. Like even Jimmy's isn't like a fear nightmare. It's just like, oh, it's over. Like it's quick. But uh, Beth, kind of intense. So, just want to point that out real quick. Okay. Um, my last one is that in this episode, we see Jimmy open Dave's window, and it swings open. Now, oh. if you go back to the cane, oh. it, is one, it is a raisable. Now, they don't raise, you don't see them raise it, but you can see that it has been raised, yeah. um, which would make more sense for uh, a 14th story yeah. window so um that is just a little difference and i think it was just for the ease of jimmy being able to flip it open that they had it they just changed it around so yeah <laughs> that's background okay. um <laughs> thank you uh let's see so moving on enigmas covered in secret sauce um thad any other enigmas that you want to shout out <laughs> here we go <laughs> all right enigma one does Dave Nelson know judo? Was he in the judo club in high school? <laughs> Seems pretty confident throwing that judo analogy, that judo metaphor around. Is he a judo guy? I don't know. Possible. Enigma. <laughs> All right, Lauren, any other enigmas? Uh, I want to know, why does everyone keep asking Bill what he's daydreaming about? Like, has, has anyone ever told you they were daydreaming? And if so, have you ever asked them what about? Like, no. If someone says they're daydreaming, it's just a polite way of them telling you they weren't paying attention. Yeah. No one is interested in anyone else's daydreams. Certainly no one on this staff is interested in what Bill is daydreaming about. So why do they keep asking? <laughs> If someone's staring at me, I don't know if I want to ask what they're daydreaming about. No, you don't want to know. <laughs> staring at you, like, <laughs> me? <laughs> okay, well, we covered about Joe's hearing. So um, here's a question. In Joe's, fan in Joe's fantasies, his daydreams, why hasn't he fixed the AC in his, in his daydreams? It's still, <laughs> it's still not working. He would have everybody off his case if he could just fix a damn AC or, or thermostat, you know? Even in his own daydream, he's not a competent He's man. not competent, no. Well, he's got the entire staff made out of robots, so... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay, that. Any other enigmas? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Where are the sodas? Why won't Joe go get one for himself? 
<laughs> like, if they're not in the machine in the same lobby, then they're probably in the break room. So why doesn't he just walk to the break room and get a soda? Or where are these sodas being located slash hidden that he can't get one easily on his own? I think that is a great power question. trip thing. Yeah, I think I d I don't think it's that it's hard for him to get it himself. I think that he's he's trying to assert dominance over someone. Like yeah. if I can get this person to get me a soda, then that means that I'm in charge here. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> that works. It's just one theory. <laughs> well it makes sense because I'm like that that break room is like, I don't know, ten steps away. It's like right like, around the corner. Yeah, like, if you're thirsty, it's right there. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Uh, Lauren? Okay. So after Catherine's daydream, when Eric comes in and invites his buddies, were they just going to stand around and watch Catherine eat her lunch? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not like they were eating their lunch. Eric did sit down. He sat down at the table and he picked up a newspaper. So maybe he's on a break. But then he calls in everyone else and everyone else just walked in and stood next to the table and stared at them. Like one guy's holding a folder. What's in the folder? Why are they all in the break room at all? And what was their plan? Just to watch Catherine eat her yogurt? <laughs> the same could be, could be asked of her daydream because the other three, aside from George, don't sit down. They're all just kind of standing around too. Yeah, so it's like what well, I think. I think. I think the reason is that you got to get them all in the shot, so you don't want to have yeah. them back to. I think it's like a practical <laughs> reason, but but yeah, it, it is awkward. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, not I you know not the point is not her daydream. Like it's kind of the point about workplaces and kind of pointing right. out how how off the workplaces are. So yeah, you know, their <laughs> their placement is really there to serve that message. Just that much more awkward though. They're just watching yeah. her eat. Right. <laughs> Mm. Oh yeah, that is that is horrible. Like if, if you've ever had anybody stand by, like even if you're like in a public place and somebody has to stand, like being near, it, ah, that's I hate that. Um, let's see, one of mine. Um, why is it so hot in in the in the building? Even if the thermostat is is not working, if it's malfunctioning, why wouldn't you turn it off? Um, turn the heat off. Just okay. And even if you couldn't do that. Why not open the windows? The the we've seen that the windows in the hallway open. You could get a cross breeze from Dave's office. Probably some of the other windows uh, adjoining the bullpen would open. It's November. You should be able to cool that office off at least <laughs> enough so that people aren't um, going crazy. So. I did kind of wonder when Jimmy opened the window. Like, why is this the first time they're opening the window? It's the end of the day. <laughs> did no one have this idea? <laughs> All day long, uh, while they were so hot. Have you guys ever been to New York? Like, yeah. yo, try to think with all the noise and all New the York noise. Yeah, windows open. <laughs> Oof, I don't know, man. Like, I get what you're saying about the heat, but I'm not sure you can get anything done with the windows open. <laughs> nah, that's that's that, that's definitely a consideration. All right, um, that any other ones? Uh, yeah, I got. In Joe's daydream, with the entire staff being robots, except for Matthew, is Matthew actually a prototype that doesn't know he's a robot? <laughs> and that's why he messes up all the time, is he's actually a robot, and he just can't quite make that next step? So that's just an excuse. Joe's like, oh yeah, parts come this weekend. Yeah. That is great. <laughs> well, it's accurate. Like, he's already a prototype, and he's going to tweak him a little bit, but Matthew doesn't know he's a prototype. I don't know. Like, <laughs> there's a whole sci-fi series in there somewhere. Yeah. That's a great question. 
I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, what's another one? Okay. Jeanette gets off the elevator on the wrong floor, notices a man sleeping in a <laughs> recliner with his eyes covered, and decides to walk right up to him, wake him up, and ask him for directions to the place she needs to go. My question is, who does that? (laughs) First of all, Joe is presumably still sitting there at the thermostat. Even if he's not, even if he's left to go get himself a soda or something, you would think she would ask someone in the bullpen full of awake people before she would go and wake up the sleeping man in the corner or just go back down to the lobby and ask Junior and Lorenzo. Why? Why would that be the person that she wants to wake up and ask for directions? Who does that? (laughs) So I was trying to figure that out too a little bit. And I was like, was Bill kind of like spaced out with his eyes open? And that's why maybe she would walk over because he looks awake, but he's actually like in dream. Didn't he have something over his eyes? Was, he had like a was, like a towel or something over his eyes. I thought it was on his forehead. I don't remember if it was on oh, his maybe. eyes. Oh, yeah, maybe. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, he definitely had something on his head. I just didn't remember if it blocked his vision. But I was like, if she, if, if she looks and this guy just kind of seems spaced out, you would assume he would snap to it when you talk to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Still, I'm going with the person upright and walking around before the guy in the corner in the recliner. <laughs> All right, um, my my enigma is now that uh, we've met Howie, was Howie the one that supplied whatever the hell one of those is <laughs> oh. <laughs> back in the big day? <laughs> <laughs> He's bringing around the snack cart. <laughs> yeah, so actually kind of close to that, I had, is Howie and the snack cart the reason they were able to replace the sandwich machine? Mm. you know like oh. like why is that thing still here nobody eats out of it because how he comes around with the cart mm-hmm. which actually just makes it more heartbreaking that they don't know his name oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but kind of similar similar idea just to underline the sadness <laughs> <laughs> all right lauren any other ones um Okay, so at the very end, right before it flashes to the St. Elsewhere scene, everyone's standing under the vent above Bill's desk. Mm -hmm. Jimmy steps aside and stands basically where the movable pillar would normally be. But suddenly, he's looking out a window. So, is the window supposed to be part of his daydream? And in reality, is Jimmy standing there staring at the pillar? (laughs) Or are we supposed to believe that there's a window somehow adjacent to the pillar that doesn't quite cut off the conference table? What is this window? <laughs> <laughs> that is a great question. That is a great question. I, I didn't assume, really think about the geography of it. I assumed he was looking into Dave's office, but like that doesn't even make sense either. You know, so like I watched it a few answer. times because it does look like when they do the tight shot, yeah. I do think that it's the window in Dave's office that they use for the shot. Yeah, but but pains, when you right? see like, him, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but when you see him um, with the group, he takes at most like three steps away. Yeah. Mm. Like, it's real close. It's like two to three steps. Interesting. <laughs> Where does this window come from? Or is it fully imaginary, part of his daydream, and he's just standing there nose to nose with the pillar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the weirdest thing he's done either. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very good. All right, Thad, any other, uh, any other enigmas? I've got four. Four okay. more. Right. Uh how hot does it have to be to induce a daydream state? 
Or was it a chemical attack on WNYX? <laughs> is it corporate? You got quite a few conspiracy theories. Uh, it, <laughs> I mean, look how hot it's been. How like to daydream to have that many people daydream to that level. How hot does it have to be for that to happen? Or <laughs> were there outside <laughs> factors involved? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Joe spiked the snack cart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would actually explain why Joe can't fix a thermostat faster than that either. <laughs> All right, Lauren. Any um, I only have, I have one more. Okay. Um, and it's just where is this? Where is all the stuff that's usually on the conference table? Mm. Um, so you mentioned the conference table. Yeah. There's usually a bunch of papers just like covering the surface. Um, lots of water bottles, the occasional juice box. Uh, in this episode, there is one stray pencil, and that is it. Wow. <laughs> where did all the stuff go? That's a great question. <laughs> Somebody's great question. daydream. It's Milos's daydream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doesn't have to go clean that table (laughs) dad you want to hit us with your last three okay uh i think we kind of referenced this a little bit what type of daydreams were the other workers experiencing like if this has so many people you know experiencing daydreams what about everybody else all the extras in the office you know are they having the the king beardy king beardy (laughs) is that what everybody's kind of experiencing are they having uh bill's romantic over the top romantic uh novel type of romances so i was just like if it hit this many people it makes sense if it hit a couple more so <laughs> sure just in general um okay how did matthew manage to get beth to come to his place even for scary movies i don't necessarily see them hanging out you know like going shopping maybe but not like let's have a sleepover and watch scary movies so like how did that invitation plan all come together because it seems a little (laughs) out of character for beth yeah Yeah, go hang out with him and his cats and yeah and watch scary movies whatever shut-ins might happen to wander (laughs) by (laughs) yeah like they do have an office friendship and i do believe like yeah like they might go out shopping together especially when you hear them talking about italian made or italian designed you know like (laughs) 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 they have similar fashion senses but um yeah, the blue that's a dress good question. Comes up again. <laughs> so there was some sort know. of trickery involved. <laughs> yeah, like how how bad does he have all the movies she wants to see? It's easier. Like, what, what, how did that interaction go that resulted in her agreeing and following through with showing up to watch those movies? Okay, all right. So my last question is oddly the most practical of all my questions. When exactly is drive time? Is it mid-morning rush hour? Is it evening rush hour? Is it midday sometime? What hours do these people work where drive time is actually going to be in their work day? So I don't know when drive time is. You know, it's too early. The way they do it, it's too early for everybody to be hot. At the end of the day, everybody should have left, basically, instead of like hanging out afterwards for the AC. It only kind of makes sense if it's in the middle of the day, right? Like, Right. I don't know. And why would like 2 p.m. be drive time? It, right. right, and that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> New York City. <laughs> but, yeah. So that's my final question. Yeah. 
Hit us, hit us up with that information if you're in the New York area. When um, drive time is. Um, okay. So now we're going to go to a segment we call a time capsule from the internet with Lauren. Okay. So the Saturday after this episode aired, Joe Rogan was headlining at the Riviera Hotel Comedy Club in Las Vegas. Someone Ew. named Anthony came to the message boards to say he had been in Las Vegas that weekend but missed his performance and wanted to know if anyone else had been aware that Joe Rogan was actually a comedian and a dirty one at that. <laughs> <laughs> Most people were already aware. Anthony was the only one who was shocked. <laughs> Weekly finds out about Bob Saget. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> uh, this week the network ABC announced they would be switching the time slots for a couple shows and that me meant that instead of airing at the same time as Grace Under Fire news radio would now be airing at the same time as the Drew Carey show and fans in the Usenet forum were upset because they felt that there was more crossover in the fan base between those two shows and that the news radio ratings might drop Someone named Jennifer asked how they could go about bribing whoever had a Nielsen box. <laughs> Remember Nielsen boxes? Right. Like, I don't imagine those are a thing anymore, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, cable's all digital. They probably just know what everybody's watching all the time. <laughs> right, right. I don't know. I mean, there's a digital signal now instead of an antenna. Like, I don't know if you can track that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how that works anymore. No yeah. clue. Uh, Steven Root appeared in a TV miniseries that premiered this week. It was called Pandora's Clock, and it's about a man infected with a deadly virus aboard a plane traveling from Germany to the U.S., and the U.S. government's attempt to stop the plane before it reaches JFK International Airport. Uh, no reports as to whether or not the infected passenger had the fish for the in-flight meal. <laughs> 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 I, seriously though i don't think i could watch that now in the current current climate no. i think it would be a little too real <laughs> yeah. um the weekend after this episode aired was the premiere of the movie jingle all the way featuring phil hartman the christmas themed movie stars arnold schwarzenegger sinbad and rita wilson it gave us phil hartman's excellent quote on conan o'brien when asked to promote the movie when he smirked and said jingle all the way to the bank <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, that's Bill Hartman on Conan O'Brien, November 22nd, 1996. If you want to watch the whole interview, it's on YouTube. And it was a really great interview, so I highly recommend it. Right. And that has been a time capsule from the Internaut. All right. Thank you, Lauren. Um, now we're going to get into our catch-all category. Um, we'd like to start with uh, so, some of the keepsakes that we, have, we, we didn't talk about before. Um, Lauren, any other keepsakes that you'd um, point out here? Okay, so I know it was probably digital. It probably was not a real prop, but the Lisa Miller Zing's Boss newspaper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really want it yeah, like a real right? newspaper, frame it, put it on the wall. Nice. Um, like it was some like really, you know, paramount article that I, I'm trying to keep track of. <laughs> nice. That was like the post one, right? That was the first one that came up? I think yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, first one. That's good. Yeah. Um, Dad, what's another uh, keepsake that you'd like to point out? Uh, so Matthew's hockey mask uh, that Beth like, flashes past, it looks like it was made from notebook paper. And I, and I know it's a weird thing. It's like because it's, it flashes, 
But again, like I, it did not look like a costume or like a real hard plastic. It looked kind of like they made it out of notebook paper and put some, you know, like <laughs> put a stretchy tab around the back and had it on, you know. But it's on there so quick. But it, it's very like I assume it is notebook paper. I think it's very cool, and it's definitely something that I would like kind of put up on a display on the wall or display on a shelf. Very good, very good. For me, I would like the the copy of the USA Today that says uh, Dave Nelson cries like woman or baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> of all the, of all those like newspaper spinning bits, that was that that cracked me up the most. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, uh, what's another one for you? Um, I want the little radio on Dave's uh, desk where we hear his phone bones follies. You know, I know nice. it's probably there all the time. I feel like there's a few different versions of the little radio. Yeah. Um, this one looked kind of unique. Um, but yeah, you know, we see him turn it off, and uh, we see. Jimmy, I think, turn it back on later. Like, what the hell is this crap? And yeah, it was a nice, nice little radio. I'd like to have one of those. Did Did you guys? Uh, we should. I should have brought this up earlier. But did you guys happen to catch that that was probably uh, Andy Dick and Vicky Lewis doing Phone Bones Follies? Like, no, I'm pretty. Like, I'm pretty no. sure that that's Andy Dick going FDR, more like FD Aunt. And then, <laughs> oh. and then, oh, you're a maroon. Like that definitely sounds to me like it's those two. Oh no! Oh, yeah, man, no idea. Have to listen to it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, um, Dad, another keepsake. Yeah. So the radio was my next pick too. So that was yeah, pretty good. Me too. It was on the yeah. shelf early in the episode, and then it's on his desk. We need to listen to it. I got a good look at it. it looks great. Um, <laughs> I really liked. Uh, I like the alternate meeting table. <laughs> like, there's something about the pattern that I can at least see this time. That's like, mm-hmm. if I need a table, that's, of all the tables that I've seen, that's the one that caught my attention. That's the one that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a deal for. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, not because it's very remarkable, but just because it's mentioned so many times in the episode, I'd like the stapler. Um, because <laughs> other than office space, there has never been any kind of media where a stapler has been mentioned as many times as this stapler. <laughs> that was a focal point. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lauren, any other uh, keepsakes? Uh, last one I'm going to go with is um, Dave's cinnamon roll. <laughs> the cinnamon roll off of uh, Howie's cart. You know when it comes wrapped in that cellophane, you know it's going to be good. <laughs> uh, probably still a little warm. You know, it's a hot day. It's probably warm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. All right, that. What's another uh, keepsake? Uh, I liked Matthew's sweater vest. Hmm. As far as sweater vests go. As far so, as it goes. As far as they go. Like, good pattern, casual work. Yeah, nice sweater vest. It's an this... interesting choice for him to keep it on. I mean, he's wearing just a t-shirt underneath, and he's right. choosing to keep the sweater vest on in the heat. <laughs> well, that's uh-huh. actually so, like, that goes into a little bit of the dress code of, like, that was a look. I remember specifically, uh, I think it was WWE, maybe WWF at that time, but WWE, they had the Greenwich Boys, and like their whole thing was coming out in khakis, uh, white tees with sweater vests over the top. So wow. like there literally was an era where that was, especially in New York, where that was a legitimate look that you went out and did. So it's like he can't take the sweater vest off because the look is the sweater vest. That's what makes it <laughs> off. It's appropriate. Right. 
However, it doesn't make it seasonally appropriate because it's a sweater vest with a t-shirt instead of like a long sleeve shirt underneath and it's November. So it kind of gives like, it's not like he knows that the thermostat's broken before he comes in, right? Right. So why is he wearing a short sleeve t-shirt with the, with the mm. sweater vest in November in New York? So, so maybe he did make an adjustment. Maybe the t-shirt was actually an undershirt, and then he had a long sleeve shirt well, and a sweater be. vest. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm, no. Like, he wore a coat, then he came to his yeah, office, which okay, usually yeah. has controlled things. Like, I wore short sleeve shirts with sweater vests. Like, there were button-ups underneath, you know, like, sometimes a tie. But, like, yeah, I'd wear that in the winter indoors. doesn't really matter. Like, yeah, it's, it's right. that was the style, and that was the look. Um, it, it is not serving a function of actually keeping him warm sure a lot of those are very if, thin to be actually yeah 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 they're like yeah i've seen those yeah um if if i'm not mistaken he and john stewart wear those in the twins episode that's kind of like their outfit <laughs> well, yeah, that, it's that look um yeah so okay um let's see i guess the last one i would go with is, is joe's remote for the uh <laughs> Uh, for the bots yeah oh uh, that's a good put them call. to sleep yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> not bad nap time <laughs> yep <laughs> any other ones that you guys want to shout out we'll cover that's them. it for me that's, that's it. it okay very good um okay learn uh any other um catch-all type things that you want to um, get into I just want to say that, oh, okay, so Thad briefly brought up the line. There's this line about first they tinker with this, then they tinker with that. Pretty soon you're broadcasting live from some spring break bikini beach party. Yep. <laughs> so I heard that line, and it got me thinking about this show I used to watch called Attack of the Show. I don't okay. know if either of you guys have heard of that. Very but it was on, okay, so it was on a network called G4, which disappeared, but I've heard it's coming back in some form now. But anyway... Um, it was formatted kind of like a news show, but they reported on things going on in the world of like tech and video games and sometimes movies and pop culture. Okay. Um, it was a really fun show, but they were always messing with the format to try to improve the ratings because the ratings were always like just not quite cutting it. Yeah. And they did eventually end up with it being basically like Olivia Munn reporting live from some island in a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> That was the end of that show. It's bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Apparently, even that couldn't save it. So <laughs> those ratings were not good. No. <laughs> all right. Um, Thad, anything in the catch-all? Um, not, just to talk about the daydreams. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Well, the way I had the daydreams grouped. We have the mundane daydreams, which is like would describe Dave and Lisa. They're, they're, theirs are so mundane. It's like basically winning an argument and then getting good work from your staff. That, that's so boring. Yeah. Um, Catherine and, and Howie, I thought had like the very poignant. You know, there, there's there's really some depth to their daydream. It really yeah. um, shows a lack of of something that it, it missing from their their work lives um you know Catherine with with other people of color and then um how just not having real a connection with with the people that he's selling his wares to um 
I thought like Bill, Joe, Beth, Jimmy, these were all more like kind of wild and, and like flights of fancy kind of thing. And even Matthew, you could throw in there too. Um, you know, just kind of more, more typical, like Beth's having nightmares. Everybody's had nightmares. Um, everybody's maybe had sexual fantasies about things, you know, so it's, it, those are, they're a little more wild, but familiar. So that's, that was the grouping that I had them in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, dad, what about you? Well, yeah, I just, you know, when I was thinking about daydreams, I was kind of like, you know, more reflective in terms of like, what, what were some of our favorite daydreams from the episode? Uh, you know, which were the, the worst? And I, I guess it's more like, which daydream do you think you relate to the best or might have? You know, if you were going to have one of those daydreams, um, especially after you just grouped them for us, which, which is the one that you would go with? And I guess, which is the one that you would least want to have if you go that way? Um... So I, I thought, you know, the one I most relate to, I guess, is, is probably Bill. Uh, it took me back to high school a little bit of just kind of being in class, like probably staring at some attractive girl and making everybody a little bit creeped out uh, <laughs> winning the lottery. Um, you know, so as far as like the one I relate to the, the most, I think that's, that's probably the direction I would go. Uh, where you embarrassingly like have to kind of catch yourself and hope that nobody really noticed that you were, you know, staring creepily at somebody. um i think sad as it may be i fall into the more mundane category when it's like what's most relatable like Mm -hmm. with lisa you know winning an argument you know i've been known to refer to my shower as like the argument simulator (laughs) 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 you get in there you start imagining arguments that either happened way in the past and they're long over or things that have never happened probably never will happen but like this is how i'm gonna react when it does happen (laughs) The um, argumentorium, yeah. <laughs> and Or like at work, you know, there's lots of times like, you know, people have people have to deliver something to me. Like my staff has to give me their work product and I'm like, okay, here we go. And I open the attachment and I'm like, oh, oh, I really imagined it was going to be so much more. <laughs> you know? so, so I have this little daydream of it's going to be like, you know, this beautiful spreadsheet that's all color-coded with macros and uh, pivot tables. And, and then I open it up and it's like, it, it's a Word document and it's bullets. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in that sense, I'm more like Dave. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I, I I have to agree with you, Lauren. I'm more in that um, the Lisa type, you know, you just kind of go over, you know, things that like you come up with the perfect reply three hours after you've had the conversation. You know, it's just like that is that is definitely me like running back conversations in my head. Um, so that, yeah, that's probably where I fall to. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And then I was like, which one would I relate to the least? And this is actually kind of interesting, you know, because like of all the type of daydreams, which one I, I think it would be Joe. Because uh, I have never really daydreamed about controlling my environment or my coworkers or, you know, like <laughs> not not like they're robots and they're there to turn around and serve me, like get me sodas. Um, <laughs> and I work jobs where I was thirsty, buddy. Let me tell you. So. I think that's the one I relate to the least. Gotcha. Yeah. I think I'm probably with you on that one. Cause like it's, it, it would definitely be something from more like the wild category that's least relatable. But like mm. 
with Beth, like I've had plenty of like times that I, I yeah. watched a scary movie and even in like the waking hours, broad daylight the next day, I'm still like imagining things, you know, in yeah. the, in the sh- shadows and the corners of my eye and stuff. And, um, you know, like with, with, Bill, it's like I think everyone, especially you watch like a romantic movie or something like that, you sort of start to imagine yourself as like the main character or something. And, um, but yeah, J- Joe's fantasy, I have no interest in yeah. turning people I know or my coworkers into a bunch of droids and asking them to get me a soda. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. That one's can't really relate to that but i certainly cannot relate to throwing myself out the window over a ten dollar <laughs> difference in the stock market because if you know anything about the stock market it, it fluctuates and you do it for the long haul and you would think that a billionaire would know that and not throw himself out the window for that so that's <laughs> that's definitely yeah i cannot relate to that all right all right so there we go um, so let's move on to uh, plots explained badly, uh, or sensational headlines. Um, Lauren, what's uh, what's your first plot explained badly or sensational headline? I've got broken thermostat leads to staff members' fantasies and one secretary's nightmares. Very good. <laughs> All right. Um, Dad. Uh Numerous radio news station employees experience hallucinations. Chemical, chemical attack or corporate espionage not ruled out yet. <laughs> uh, get your, get your uh, tinfoil hats, kids. Right. Okay. If the small judo man was so wise, why didn't he fix the AC? Oh. <laughs> An ancient riddle. Yeah. <laughs> all right lauren what's what's your next one i got one more uh news director phones in bonehead move by airing phones bones follies it at drive time <laughs> i almost got through it <laughs> good one. all right that uh a news station maintenance man battles heat, hallucinations, and scrutiny in his quest to ultimately save his co-workers and friends. <laughs> An good. underdog story. An underdog story. <laughs> About a man th- <laughs> struggling with a thermostat. This is not the most original one, but... It's so hot. Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> Always good with the classics. <laughs> the next episode on the Hoodoo Factory conveyor belt will be our recap episode for our Everything Everywhere All at WNYX unit. Until next time, please stop by the gift shop on your way out. Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, supplier of the only known antidote for Absa fever. Good night, pumpkin. What a fuko to you too. Pantyhose. Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, the source for all your hoodoo needs. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at hoodoo underscore factory. The Hoodoo Factory is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Please stop by our gift shop at grabitgear.com. And remember, the Hoodoo Factory is the supplier of the only known antidote for Absa fever.
Hey, you news radiologists, stick around to learn more about this adequate podcast that is also part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Hey, on Red Books, how's everyone doing today? Not great. Remember all those years ago when Kelly saw that she could download me and she was so excited because she'd heard about me and she could read me early? Not only has she not read me early, I've been out of print for three years. Has oh. she read me? She has not. Well, you know, Rachel claims that, you know, she loves the series that I'm a part of. And I am the concluding book in the series and she still has not read me. I've been on her Kindle for seven years. I know Julia reads. I see her reading all the time. But they're new books. And I've been here. I'm here. I'm right here. Pick me up. Hi, I'm Julia. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kelly. And this is What You Should Read. The podcast where we should all over our books. And we're very happy to now be a part of the Stolen Dress Entertainment Podcast Network. I have that, but I haven't read it yet. 